Hi, everyone. This is Sharon Hall, and I'm here today with Mar Dietrich. Uh, you may know her from the Facebook groups. And uh, Jerry is taking a little sabbatical for a few months, and we're going to have different guests on. And Mar has graciously accepted my invitation for today. And as both of us being FTD Care Partners, we have found, Mar and I have become friends. She's the person that was responsible for me knowing that Rod had FTD uh, before I kicked him out in the street <laughs> by posting the, the uh, it is what it is from AFTD, and that's how I know. So Mar and I go back from before diagnosis. So we have been talking about the fact that both of us have come up with some pretty creative ways to find ways to have help for ourselves. And um, I'm going to turn it over to, to Mar, and I'm going to let her introduce herself and, and tell us a little bit about why she accepted my invitation today. Who might be listening. Um, well, Sharon called and said, I have a favor to ask of you and asked if I would think about um, being a part of the show today, the podcast, and as we just kind of brainstormed together, um, we came up with a couple of things we thought it would be fun to talk about, fun, interesting, helpful, I hope. Um, do you want me to share the thing about the ABC, Sharon? Yes. Uh, Mar went to a, uh, what was it called? It's a, it's a seminar, Mindfulness for Dementia Caregivers, an eight-week class that I started on Monday, yeah, and in this class the instructor shared with us the concept with the acronym ABC, so pretty easy to remember. It stands for A Bigger Container. And the concept is if you had a glass filled to the brim with liquid so full that you couldn't move it without it splashing, and I asked you to pass that around a circle of people without any liquid spilling, that would be challenging and probably impossible. And it's kind of a parable for how we feel as caregivers, care partners sometimes, a sense that there is not room for one more thing. We are full to the brim. If somebody bumps us, something's going to spill out that maybe isn't pretty. Um, so there are two options to, to fix the situation with this full glass. One is take some liquid out of the glass. And so Sharon and I hope to talk about how to build a team and how to um, allow and welcome people to help you and some ways that you might be able to find those people. And another option is pour that same amount of liquid into a bigger container. That's the A, bigger container concept. And the idea there is how can we put more space into our lives, more space into ourselves, more resilience in ourselves, increase our capacity uh, to become less overwhelmed. So that's the idea of A, bigger container. How'd I do, Sharon? Really good. I really like <laughs> that concept because I'm always into having good visuals and mm -hmm. ABC. I can always remember that, and I can always remember I need a bigger container. So mm -hmm. I think it's a really good analogy, especially for us as care partners, because we do feel up to the brim many, mm -hmm. many times, sometimes many times during a day. So uh, I think it's a really good concept. And so we're going to kind of, go off of that and um, mm -hmm. talk about how we do some of these things. How, how do we take some – first we're going to talk about how do we take some of the liquid out of the glass. Right. So, uh, 
why don't you go ahead, Mar, and tell us one way that you have found to take some liquid out of your glass. Okay. So this has to do basically with um, creating a team for yourself. So that team might consist of an elder care attorney, a financial planner, a social worker, a day program, a neighbor, an acquaintance, a friend, a long-distance friend, a relative, some family, um, what all of your possibilities are for building a team. And I was thinking about this as um, little by little, you, in a sense, audition people for your team. Let me think of it this, this like in a coach in a basketball game, right? You have tryouts. You watch them do the drills. You watch them shoot some hoops. You watch how they play the game, and you say, your first string, your second string, or I'm sorry, you'll be a fan. So this process has been for me a process where not everyone always works out. I just attempted respite at a facility recently. That was their audition, not just for um, – the respite situation, but for whether they would be a candidate ever for placement. And they did not pass the audition, sadly. I was really, really disappointed. (laughs) I was hopeful about them. But in the process, I learned things that I needed to know going forward, questions I'll ask next time, questions I'll be sure I find out beforehand next time. They learned from the situation because I ended up going to, like, regional management about it. So they're getting additional training for their staff in dementia. Um, I met a couple of people there, a, a social worker and a fellow caregiver, who I think will be relationships for me going forward. So things that might look at first like, wow, that didn't work out at all, um, it might be a step in building your team. So I just, I'm, I'm saying this to myself as much as to anybody else, that try to see it as a positive step either way because you learned, you auditioned the person. Maybe you have a home health person who comes and you say, man, they just do not relate to my loved one well at all or they don't communicate to me well or they're not, they haven't turned out to be extremely reliable. You know, thank you. I learned what I needed to know and and we go on searching. Um, did you ask me another question, Sharon, some examples of who is on my team? Uh, yeah, I'm, I just want you to um, – we're going to talk about a couple of ways that – you know, I don't know that we intentionally did this uh, a bigger container, but we sort of did it on our own, and and it wasn't like anyone guided us to do that. So basically what we're trying to give to you is maybe a little guidance on how you might make these changes to help yourself. And Mm -hmm. I think that the container, you know, thinking about a container and having it filled to the brim and how do I get rid of some of the liquid and how do I put it into a bigger container, Mm -hmm. uh, I think those things are are things that we need to kind of give examples for. So why don't you go go ahead and and tell us some of the things that you felt uh, made your life take some, some liquid out of that glass for you. Okay. I would strongly recommend as a first step for people, if they haven't already, to, to figure out who their area agency on aging is. Every county in the United States, if you're listening from the United States, is supposed to have one. So you can even Google the name of your county, agency on aging, something should come up <laughs> that would be helpful to you. 
and they are kind of, if they're a good one, and some are better than others again, they are kind of a hub, resources that exist in your county. So there might be Meals on Wheels. There might be, uh, is it called Congregate Meals? Around here in our county, you can go get lunch for $3 at various locations through the city. It's kind of like Meals on Wheels, except you go to them. Um, they would know about facilities. They would know about home health. They would know about day programs. At least they sent me all those resources, PDF upon PDF upon PDF. Um, my husband and I have volunteers from two different faith-based agencies. We have a volunteer who comes from Jewish Family Services and one who comes from Catholic Social Services. And we are neither of those faith streams personally. Um, and we appreciate them deeply for caring and coming and helping us with that. Um, my husband goes to a day program and a couple days a week. And then, like I said, I've had um, him in one place for respite, and I'm in the process of searching out some additional possibilities for respite. And then um, I have an individual named Bob who comes, and Sharon, I want you to take a turn first, and then I'll tell the story of Bob because we want to encourage you, too, to just think in unusual ways. You can call home health agencies. You can call day programs. They all cost some money. So there are other ways that sometimes may cost less or almost nothing at all in, in letting your needs be known to there are people in your community who really would like to help you if they knew you had a need. So that may involve calling a church and saying, do you have a retired gentleman who would like to take a walk with my husband a couple times a week? Mine, you know, it happens to be my husband we're talking about. Um, do you have a couple in your church who like to play pinochle, who would come over and play that with us? Um, do you have somebody who'd like to come shoot hoops in the driveway, a young high school student maybe, who um, would they like to come just spend time with us or with my husband? So some of those things, it requires some a little bit of risk and vulnerability, right, Sharon? Yes, and, <laughs> to, and I think that's to, an important point. I think it's very important to to let you all know that you have to step outside of your comfort zone. And you can't just sit at home and wait for people to come and graciously help you. And that includes family. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of times people say, my family never comes around. Well, sometimes maybe we're a little bit of fault set as well uh, because we don't want to be a bother to anybody. Mm -hmm. So uh, keep in mind that you have to keep an open mind and you have to ask, no matter who it is, even if it's your children. Don't mm -hmm. expect your children to, to – don't think, well, they owe me and they should just be here. Uh, no, uh, you need to put out there what you need. And I think that's really, really important when you're talking about all these options that you have available. So um, we're going to tell you a couple of stories here about how yes. things kind of fell on us, and but we had that open mind looking for opportunities, and mm -hmm. that's how we made these things happen. So keep aware. Keep your awareness out there. And I'm going to tell you the story of Caleb. And yes. I, I you have seen uh, my posts on Caleb. We had a young man in the neighborhood who was a, a college student, 
and he was coming and helping Rod in the garden because it was difficult. He was letting things go, and we needed to get a handle on it. And he was coming regularly, and Rod was out there working with him. Well, P.S., school started again. So he couldn't manage coming here and doing his college classes. So he kind of went back to college, and we sort of debated about what to do about replacing him. And I don't often go on the Nextdoor app. I mean, I get an email every day saying what's new or whatever. So I don't often go in there. But I happened to be in there looking at something else, and I saw this post that said, my 15-year-old high school son, we just moved here, and he would like to have a little job, and he loves to do work in the yard and uh-huh. older people. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. Ding, 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 right. Yeah. So I wrote to her, and I said, could you please give me a call? She called. I explained our situation, and I said, I mean, my husband has BDFTD. And I said to her, now, listen, if you don't want your child to hear a swear word now and then, this is not the job for him. And if he says a joke that may be a little bit off color, this is not the job for him. We were very upfront, and she mm-hmm. brought Caleb over. We sat on the back porch. We talked all four of us together, Rod and me and my mother and the, and the son, and she got to know us, and I said, well, you know, we, we'd like to offer this to Caleb, and so he accepted. He thought it was a good idea. Caleb has become a member of our family. Mm-hmm. He, he absolutely, in fact... When his brother went to a competition up in Kentucky, he didn't want to go and sit in the in the gymnasium where they were having this whole competition thing for hours and hours and hours. So I said to his mother, "Look, you don't have to accept this. You you know you only know me through Caleb and and so forth. But we'd be happy to have him spend the night. I'll get him to school and and all that." Well, Caleb spent the night for three days with us. Mm-hmm. It was fabulous. Well, recently, over Labor Day, Caleb was having a little bit of a hard time at home with his stepdad, and I said, Caleb, why don't you come over and spend the weekend and watch football with Rod? So Caleb was so excited to come here. I'm teaching Caleb to cook. Mm -hmm. So so he's going to be going away to college in a couple years, which I tell him he can't talk about because it makes me sad. But, you know, I'm, I'm teaching him skills of how to make his own meals for less than going out and buying something at Burger King. So I left my heart open, and I was Uh honest in front, and we got a treasure. So Uh I understand that if you don't take the risk, you'll never get the reward. So and he will—he is—he is absolutely family to you, Sharon, and will be in your life forever. And I guess that's what I want to encourage people about too: is that in in taking this step, you you have a need. You're hoping to have your need met, but also be open to the possibility that this person being in your life is going to enrich your life in ways you couldn't have dreamed of. And that is true in the case of Caleb. Now, you might say, yeah, there's only one Caleb on the planet, and that is true. He's very, very special young man, no question about it. But 
these people may not be as rare as we think. Right, Sharon? Yeah, I, I, I find that I'm just finding them all over the place. People who but, really, really are looking for a place to care and yeah. a place to be of service, a way to be of service. People yeah. are all over the place who have that heart. And so if you can even, I think even making a shift to thinking about your community that way instead of thinking you know, how alone you are or how there's nobody to help or how nobody ever shows up to help, to really think about all the possibilities of people who may be around you that, um, that might be very willing to be a part of your life if you would invite them to do so. Right. And so, I think you can also look at places like Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts. You know, Eagle mm-hmm. Scouts do a lot of community service. and. Mm-hmm very trustworthy, very good students, and you can reach out to those organizations. With it. I don't care how small your community is, you probably have a Boy Scout or Girl Scout troop in it. Mm-hmm. So outside the box, think younger people. When Caleb walks in the door, the mm-hmm. room lights up. Mm-hmm. We feed on his positive young energy. <laughs> yes. And even my mom, you guys know my mom's 95, because he spent the night here a few times, she'll sometimes get up in the morning and say, where's Caleb? <laughs> because we uh-huh. all want him to be here. So, you know, think outside that box. I, I, don't, yes. I want you to tell the story of Bob, Mar, yes. and then we're going to move on to, um, to making a bigger container because we're, we're getting down Yeah, that's okay. If you have time, I'd love to have you talk about your neighbor's letter, too. Okay, so, Bob, I'll try to go fast. I'll try to tell this as quickly as I can because it's such a great story. So Bob came into our lives through a snow removal need that we had, and I had a company removing snow for us, and they didn't show up a couple of times. After being reliable for two and a half years, all of a sudden last year, they weren't coming, and there was snow piled at the end of our, our driveway, and I couldn't get out. So I texted my next-door neighbor and said, who do you use for snow removal? And he said, I use Bob. And I said, Bob who? And he said, I have no idea, but here's his cell phone number. So so I called Bob and basically said, can you add me to your list? Can you get here by tomorrow? And, And kind of explain my situation a little bit, that my husband didn't do that kind of thing anymore and that I didn't like leaving my husband unattended in the house while I went and worked on a pile of snow for two hours either. So Bob came the next day and and did our snow removal, and we hired him to continue to do it. And he wanted to be paid after each time he cleared the snow in cash at the time he came, which meant he came to the door to get his cash. And when he came to the door, he um, – oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. That means my front door just went open. Let me shut it again. Oh, I see a wreath fell off the door. Sorry, sweetie. Let me get this. See, we're real care partners. Okay. Yeah, this is real life. My real life. Just let me know that someone. Okay, you can stop now, Alarm. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> that is right. real life, folks. That's my little, uh, yeah, the door was just opened from the inside. Yeah. That's the signal for that. Okay. Uh, so. Um, when Bob came in to get his money, he he made direct eye contact with my husband, shook his hand, said, how are you doing, sir? How are you today? And knowing, you know, I told him the situation. 
And um, Tom pointed to his T-shirt, and he explained the T-shirt and where he was from, blah, blah, blah. Things went on from there. Each time he came to, to remove the snow, he came to the door and engaged with Tom. And so after about three or four times of that, I worked up the nerve to text him and say, I don't know if you'd be interested in this kind of thing ever, but if you ever would want to just be with Tom for a little bit, you can watch TV together or whatever you want to do while I run to the store. I wondered if you'd be interested in that. And he said, I would, I can't even explain how excited he was. I would be more than willing to do that. I would want to do that. I really like Tom. So I brought up the subject of money. He, he, he wasn't talking money. He's like, I don't, I don't want money for this. I just want to come be with Tom. Now, I pay him because I tell him I can't, I can't call him if he won't let me do that because I didn't know him that well. He was the snow removal guy. So Bob came for lunch. Just Tom still doesn't know that this is an arrangement I have with Bob. Bob just comes over to visit, you know. So Bob came to lunch, and in the process of having lunch, we learned. I'll probably cry through this part. Um, Bob had a stroke when he was in his 30s. He's a man now just turning 50. So he went through not being able to speak, knowing what he wanted to say, not being able to say it. He's, you know, really so much better now. Um, He's... I don't. He thinks there's something noticeable. I don't even think there's anything noticeable. But at the time, he was walking with a cane. This is this is our Bob who came into our lives. Oh my gosh, I'm still so touched by it. And just like a like an angel, he sent me an email at one point in this process and said, "I was just thinking, let's talk our call ourselves Team Tom, and let's do everything we can." to make Tom's life as dignified and wonderful as it possibly can be for as long as we all know one another. That's a guy, you guys, who came into our lives through snow removal. (laughs) And the only thing I can take any credit for at all is working up the nerve to text him to say, do you want to be a bigger part of our lives? You know, he could have just said, I really don't, I'm busy, I have enough to do. That would have been okay, too. But he said yes, and more than yes, came into our lives in such a full way. Um, and he really cares. He really cares about us. So yeah, that's and, my story of Bob. <laughs> yeah. And I think that both of these stories of Caleb and Bob just show that you have to take the risk to get the reward. And if you sit at home and wring your hands and say, woe is me, woe is always going to be you because Mm -hmm. you haven't taken that chance. But let's move on to quickly talk about uh, how we make the container bigger. So the other part of of the um, taking some of the liquid out now we're going to say, well, what if we just need a bigger container? And why don't you explain what that means, Mar, and then we'll give some examples. Okay. Well, I can just say what it means to me is to kind of figure out ways that give you in your own life, in your own um, experience of life, some margin, some white space, some places to breathe. 
And even though we say we are 24-7 caregivers, which just means I'm responsible 24-7 and Tom can never be alone, but it doesn't mean I'm 24-7 busy with those responsibilities. So how can I build into my days a rhythm that says some of this has to be about me, some of this has to be for me, I need to explore some interests of my own. So I just made a little list, okay, things that I like to do. I like to soak my feet. And I will tell you that white vinegar and um, antibacterial mouthwash, the minty kind, is an awesome combination with some water. It is incredibly refreshing. (laughs) And in 15 minutes, I think if your feet feel better, you kind of feel better. So it might be music. It might be putting some lotion on your self somewhere. It might be smelling a fragrance you like. Some people like lavender. Some people like, I happen to like peppermint. Um, Maybe you call an old friend. Maybe you FaceTime with an out-of-town friend. Maybe you write a note to someone who needs encouragement. Maybe you make a list of things that you're grateful for. Um, Maybe you take some deep breaths. Maybe you daydream. I wrote down this one. Um, I read some research that said, and this is a good thing, Picturing yourself in a beautiful location has the same effect on your stress response as actually going. Now, that is good news for caregivers who can't go at the moment, right? (laughs) It's free. Your baggage isn't going to get lost. So let's suppose uh, Sharon has this wonderful getaway respite, and she tells me about it. I just can picture the place, the location, the sound of the waves or whatever's going on, and it can actually make a difference in my stress response. So give that a try. That's my list, Sharon. Now how about you? Yeah, well, you all know that the one thing that I do, and and people always say to me, you know, how do you do everything you do? Well, I have to tell you that that my my advocacy is my, it's kind of my escape valve. Mm -hmm. And uh, it really does give me, me time. No one goes to any of the meetings mm. with me. I am advocating on their behalf. And and so it is time that I am spending alone, really. Mm-hmm. So uh that my advocacy has become kind of my my um get out of <laughs> get out of jail card. <laughs> You know what else strikes me about your advocacy is that it taps into your talents. And so that's another thing, too. If you know kind of what your talents are, um, to invest some time in those things. If If you play the piano, if you're good at poetry, if you're good at singing, if you're good at encouraging people to to you know explore that lane that you know makes you feel really satisfied and i know that all that advocacy stuff does that for you sharon it's 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 your deal <laughs> yeah it it and it always has been i i've been an yeah. advocate for many things along mm-hmm. the way and so there's always been i like to i like to be the voice for people that may not uh be brave enough to stand up and have a voice mm-hmm. so uh you know i'm i'm pretty good at speaking my mind and so it it really it does enrich me when i when i do advocacy and i yes it is time consuming yes sometimes i have to take a step back and say oh not today but uh but it is it it's very enriching for me i also listen to music i have uh, i bought mm-hmm. myself earphones you know like the beats thing and 
put it over my head so I block out everything. Mm. And listen to uh, I use uh, Sirius XM. I have the spa channel. And so there aren't any words because I find if I have words going, I always want to sing along, you know. I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just instrumental music, some kind of relaxing instrumental music works really well for me. Mm-hmm. And I do that while they're watching a TV program. Right. So they're there and they're engaged, and I'm taking time for myself. I may be sitting there, but right. I'm up into closing my eyes and just listening to this spa music. So yeah, okay. so talk about a staycation, right? You got to get away. You got to get away while your care um, person is in the very same room with you. You can still have a getaway. That's part of what we're trying to express. Right, and, and I think um, it's important for you all to remember that time is what you make of it. And if you say, "I have to sit here and watch this stupid TV program one more time," I'm just going to scream. Well, don't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Open a book and Oh, and coloring, coloring while the TV's on. Coloring also research shows has an incredible effect on the part of your brain that has the fight or flight the stress response. That coloring, it is such a I don't know, tr- give it a try. Doodling yeah. with pretty pretty felt tip pens, um coloring, knitting, exploring a new hobby or craft like that. There's a lot of stuff we can do while we're here. And, yeah, um, and we're just about out of time here. So okay. uh, we could go on forever because we, we both have come up with some unique ways to, to help. But I just want to remind you that the calendar, the 2019 FTD calendar, mm-hmm. is out. Watch for a YouTube on who's who's getting the funds and where how where they came from and what they do. And uh, watch for that on Facebook, if you're on Facebook. And don't forget to join us on caregiving.com on Mondays and Saturdays at 7 p.m. where we have a nice little chat with each other. So yes, have that's a fantastic day. one. Yeah, it is a good, it's a good group. So come and join us. We're, we're always open for, for new people. Uh, go look at the calendar. It's a good, good place to put your money. It helps directly with people who have FTD and their families. And hopefully we'll have some... Uh, People talk about how we help them. But uh, look for that calendar, and we'll see you on Facebook. Bye. Bye.